University Baptist Church is a faith community striving to think critically, live creatively, and love continually in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We gather on Sunday mornings at 5775 Highland Road between Lee Drive and Kenilworth Parkway. Visit ubc-br.org or at UBCBR on Facebook for more information. Christmas is a season of expectations. When you're a child, you make that Christmas wish list, sometimes reasonable, sometimes not. You fell asleep on Christmas Eve with great expectations that the next morning you would dance with reality. Every year, parents are taking their kids to the Santa at the mall, and they give that Santa a stink eye. It's the eye that says, shut down what seems unreasonable and make sure we can afford it. I love giving good gifts to my family at Christmas. So Christmas morning is filled with the expectations of joy and love in what they are receiving. Jennifer falls asleep on Christmas Eve every year, praying with great expectations that she wakes up in the morning to a taller and more handsome husband. Twelve years going now, and it still has not happened yet. This season is a season of expectations for me. I know it seems shocking, but I will have to have waited a total of nine days before I can see the final installment of Star Wars. Much to Bonnie Ellis' chagrin, who tried to ruin that to me this morning, I told her I would never forgive her if she did. I was joking when I said that. Christmas brings expectations of joy as we gather together with family and with friends for parties. Christmas brings the expectation of hope that families can be reunited, love can heal, peace that is brought even to the most difficult of circumstances. Christmas is a season of great expectations, but sometimes our expectations do not meet reality, which plunges us into our text in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now, a few weeks back, we focused solely on the story of Mary. Here is a hidden figure that God used for extraordinary task of transforming and, and doing God's work in this world. Mary is a story of, of unmet expectations. Because for us, we look at someone like Mary and we think out of all people, why would God choose a 14-year-old illiterate peasant in a backwater town of Nazareth? And yet Mary's expectations for her life, her expectations to probably to marry, to manage a household, to follow her religious practices, all those expectations were blown out of the way as God tells her that God is going to use her to bring his son into the world. So Mary is a story of expectations and hopes changed. And now it's Joseph's turn. In Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 it says this, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Joseph had expectations and hopes. He expected that his young fiancé would be pure and holy up until their nuptials. You see, this marriage would have been drawn up in a deed. An exchange of money would have been given to the groom. After the proposal, Mary would have lived with her parents for another year. 
Then her groom, Joseph, would, would bring her home, and they would have a wedding celebration that would last an entire week. After this, it was sealed in an engagement. This was a done deal. And the expectation when he married Mary was that she would produce a few children, raise them to take care of uh, his family as he would expand his carpentry practice. They would live a blessed life. And yet Mary comes to Joseph and says, I'm pregnant, but it's with God's child. <laughs> what would you think? I can guarantee that none of us would think kind thoughts towards Mary. How could this lying and cheating woman, how dare she, who is she, who is this other person? And as if Joseph isn't smashed in the face with these devastations of his expectations and hopes, he would have every right by the law of Moses to have Mary drugged to the middle of Nazareth with a bunch of people in their town and they could have stoned her to death. Yet Joseph chooses a different path. He chooses to alter his expectations, come crashing down into reality, and to divorce her quietly so he would not shame her. When I was 14 years old, I was filled with expectations. I wanted to be the next Steven Spielberg. I've always loved movies, and I wanted to bring new movies into reality. When I was 16 years old, uh, I expected that I would go on to play college football, although I was 5'8", 165 pounds, and wearing a, a 4, 5, 6, 40, had a 40-inch vertical. I thought at least a D2 or D3 school, Well, that didn't happen. When I was 18 years old, I felt called into living into this ministry. I thought I would travel around the country and preach to thousands of people when God put this calling in my life. When I was 21 years old, I met a girl and expected this thing was turning a little serious. One year and a day after we started dating, I asked her to marry me. She said yes, so expectations actually became a reality in that moment. When I was 26 years old, I expected I would be hired by a traditional church who wanted an energetic and visionary preacher to help them live into a new chapter of their life, but I didn't expect that God would call me to tell both of those churches no and instead start a church from scratch and do that for eight years. You see, sometimes my expectations turned into actuality and sometimes they were all the together different. You see, we have expectations for our lives. So the life that we want for who we want to be, we have expectations for, for work, our careers, who we work with, how we want to be treated by others, how we are viewed by others at work, what we can manage in raises and promotions that we deserve. We have expectations for relationships and marriage, who the other person is, what they look like, the desires of mutual interest, how we're going to be treated, how we will be viewed by that person, children or no children, time together, time apart. We have expectations for financial sustainability, getting out of debt, saving for retirement, taking an annual vacation, getting that house or that car. We have expectations for the way that we expect people to view us. No matter what persona we want to put on, we desire for people to see us the way that we want to be seen. We have expectations for friendships, the level of, of respect, conflict-free if possible, available when we're, we need them the most, mutual love for the activities that we enjoy. We have expectations for other people, how they should act, how they should think. We have expectations for God, if we're honest. 
We don't expect too much out of God, except what we desire, the goals and dreams we have for our life, that misfortune will not stand in our way, that dismissal of our wrongdoings, and a life free of stress and conflict if possible. So yes, we have expectations just like Mary and Joseph. Every year at Christmas, our family likes to make a variety of, of crafts and goodies for, for ourselves and for friends. We do gingerbread houses, we, we, uh, we have sausage balls, pigs in a blanket, chocolate-covered Oreos, ornaments, and the like. So tis the season for making crafts, and the beautiful thing about the internet is they give us expectations versus reality. So here's your first example of a beautiful gingerbread house. Let's go to this next one. Those are amazing star cookies. <laughs> what about this candy train that we have next? Awesome. And this is my favorite one. I think this is supposed to be like, you know, like the, the brie cheese with the, you know, the breading, that kind of thing? Uh, yeah. So sometimes your expectations don't meet reality. And what do we do when that happens? What we do with failed expectations how many times in our life have we expected something to go a certain way and it didn't happen the way we wanted it to? How many times have you seen something happen for someone else and not for you and so it turns to disappointment and discouragement and anger? As one person put it, expectations are premeditations of resentment. Expectations often collide with job loss and financial struggles and sickness and death, infertility, relocation, infidelity, and conflict. And most of us, it's, we find a place in our life where this isn't where we wanted to be. This isn't the job we expected. These aren't the friends we had in mind. This isn't the unhealthy relationship I thought I would find myself in. People fail. Organizations fail. Communities fail. Governments fail. Institutions fail. And we fail. Often the expectations we want are an illusion for where we really wish we could be in life. And that's a sobering and difficult and oftentimes an insurmountable feeling within our lives. Another challenging aspect of being a people of faith is that sometimes our expectations collide with God's expectations. This is the moment that Mary and Joseph find themselves in. This is the moment often we find ourselves in. This is not the job, the, the, the situation, the financials, the station of life, the relationships, the health, the circumstances we thought we had bargained with when we said we would be a person of faith. It was supposed to be a little easier, a, a little more clearly defined, a path more smoothly laid out, a conflict that was supposed to be at the minimal. So what's up, God? What's with the challenges? What's up with these people? What's up with this situation? What's up with this institution? Why is this path more difficult than I expected? When this collision between our expectations and God's expectations occur, what happens within your life? Jesus talks about expectations. One of my favorite parables is of a man who owned a vineyard, and he he promises the people that if they come and work for him, they will make a certain wage for the day. Except as the parable goes on, it says that the man continued to hire different people at different points in the day, and when the end of the day came and everyone was to be paid, everybody, whether they started at the beginning of the day or started an hour before the end of the day, all got paid the same 
thing. So the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. Jesus told this parable in response to Peter when he said, Jesus, we have left everything to follow you. What will there be for us? The point is that oftentimes our expectations are not the same as God's. And what happens when that collision occurs? Well, let's see what happens with Joseph in verse 20. It says, but after he had considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Manuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded. He took Mary home as his wife. He did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. When your fiancé, Joseph, heard that that Mary was pregnant. Joseph intended to divorce her in private. He was at least going to do the honorable option which, of the two, which was divorce her or stone her to death. He chose to do the honorable thing. But Joseph, a messenger of God, appeared and scared out of his mind, Joseph received this unbelievable news to trust that God is really bringing God's son into the world through Mary. Joseph had great faith that his fiance was not the town floozy and that she was really a vessel that God was using to do great work. Joseph could have seen this unbelievable message and not believed, but instead he chose to embrace this with bold faith. Joseph chose to believe what was beyond what he could see and what he could expect. Joseph chose not to let his expectations blind him from a new and life-giving reality. There's an old saying, expectations are reality, and at times, our expectations can blind us from reality. At times, our expectations can cause us not to see and hear something for ourselves and for those we love. At times, our expectations can cover our eyes to small and pivotal moments of faith that will change our lives forever. What expectations do you have for work and relationships and family and marriage and money and possessions and friendships and church and faith and status and people and life? And has our fixation on our expectation blinded us from seeing the desires that God has to lead us into a a new and different and unanticipated and unseen reality. You see, expectations can blind us from a new and life-giving reality that is found in God. You see, without trusting God's expectations, Joseph would have forced Mary into this uncertain pregnancy. Unmarried 14-year-old virgin He could have just taken her to that trigger-happy finger of this village who was ready to stone her at any moment. Without trusting in God's expectations, Joseph would have never experienced the blessing of raising Jesus as his son. Without trusting God's expectations, Joseph would have never experienced the overwhelming transformation of being a part of God's beautiful work in the world. How often do we fail to see a beautiful, a new 
and greater reality that God is showing us because we are fixated on what we want, on what we think is best. What will it take for us to open our eyes to see a new and greater reality that God is showing us? There's another fascinating story that appears in the Gospel of Mark. It involves a a blind man being healed which wasn't an uncommon occurrence in Jesus' ministry. But what makes this story different is that it takes Jesus two tries to give him his sight back. At the first go at it, Jesus spits in the man's eyes and rubs it in. Now let's just be honest, Jesus or not, ain't nobody in this space wants somebody to spit in our eyes. (laughs) And when Jesus removed his hands from the man's eyes, he asked the man what he can see, and the man replies, I see people, but they look like trees walking around. Which is where I think J.R.R. Tolkien got the idea from the ants from Lord of the Rings, the shepherds of the forest. So once again, Jesus puts his fingers in the eyes of the man, and this time he opens his eyes, and his sight is fully restored. He could see clearly. You see, upon hearing the news of Mary's pregnancy the first time, Joseph didn't believe it. He was ready to divorce this unfaithful woman. It was upon hearing the message the second time that Joseph was able to see what Mary was saying was true. His heart was open to acceptance. His his soul was more attuned to the Spirit of God. See, the invitation of our text is not that God doesn't want us to have expectations for our life. Instead, this is an invitation to be open to the new possibility that God has expectations that go beyond what we can imagine and understand. See, God often works through our circumstances, through conflict, through people and strangers to speak a new reality into our lives. Are you sensing God at work in your life? Are you sensing God's voice within you? Like Joseph, we can open ourselves up to the possibility that God might know better, have something better in store, and we can trust and follow God. As one person put it, let go of certainty. The opposite isn't uncertainty, it's openness, curiosity, and a willingness to embrace paradox rather than choose upsides. The ultimate challenge is to accept ourselves exactly as we are, but never stop trying to learn and grow with God. Openness to new possibility leads us into a posture of humility and trust in God. It's relinquishing our desires and the control of those desires to have confidence and faith in God. And it is here, in total dependence and trust, that we can become more attuned to the Spirit of God, of how God is moving and working and speaking in our lives. It is here that the Spirit of God, if we are willing, can lead us into new possibilities. This month uh, makes 18 months since our family moved to Baton Rouge. Now, if you would have told me in the fall of 2017 that I was going to live in Louisiana by the end of the next year, I would have told you that you are as wrong as raw can be. It's not that there's anything wrong with Louisiana. Louisiana just wasn't in my plans. You see, in the fall of 2017, I was well under my way of living into a new phase of my ministerial career. At this point, I've been pastoring a new church start for seven years, and for several years, I've been coordinating uh, new church starts for CBF Global. 
And for the last several years, the higher-ups at CBF had been working on a plan to phase me out of Raleigh and into Atlanta to just do CBF full-time. And this was a dream opportunity. Instead of going to Atlanta every couple weeks on a flight where I had to leave my family, instead we would live in Atlanta and I would be able to travel the country and help other people start churches. But then I got a call from Rebecca Odenwall and Ken Tipton. As you are aware, Mike Masser is retiring, Rebecca said. Yes, do you need a suggestion of a good candidate for a role or something, I said. No, we're wondering if you would put your name in for the role, Ken said. And I, in not so certain terms, informed them that I really wasn't interested in this particular opportunity because I had other plans in mind, but I would be open to one conversation. And then one conversation led to another conversation, and then to another conversation, and another conversation... What began as a collision of my professional expectations and God's expectations became and has become a transformational experience in my faith journey. You see, as I look back at the last 20-some-odd years of my life, I can see over and over again that I had a plan, except a cosmic God knew better. As the wisdom of the Proverbs 19.21 states, many are the plans in a person's heart, but is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And as if we didn't get it the first time, Proverb repeats this phrase again and again, Proverbs 16, 9. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Christmas is a collision of expectations. Mary's expectations of normalcy collided with this unexpected situation that God presented. Joseph's expectations of righteously handling Mary's unfortunate choice collided with God's expectations. Soon we will see that the shepherd's expectations of an insignificant night of peace with no disruptions are collided with the herald of angels. This Christmas, can we recognize that God is colliding with our lives, not to make our lives miserable, but to invite us into something extraordinary. What new and life-giving and world-altering and fulfilling and extraordinary reality is God trying to speak into your life? Will you boldly step forward in faith? As Richard Rohr put it in his work, Preparing for Christmas, Jesus is not telling us to believe unbelievable things as if that would somehow please God. He is much more saying to us, try this, and you will see for yourself that it is true. But the initial trying is always a leap of faith into some kind of action or practice. Maybe the beginning of this shift in our life into God's reality is a simple prayer like this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, that I might be reasonably happy in this life, and supremely happy with you forever. Amen.